think he's from getting dropped on me as a kid. Yeah? How often did, did yeah. that happen? A lot? Quite a lot, actually, yeah. Yeah? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for tuning back into Drugs and Stuff. Today, Dave and I are going to tackle a bunch of your listener questions. For starters, D-ball calf pumps while walking your dog. Is that going to increase your calf gains? Switching from test sip to test E on cycle, contest prep diuretics, sleep aids to improve muscle growth, HGH, should you do three units for six months or six units for three months? Primo as part of your TRT, managing HDL, plus a bunch more. Listen, guys, we have timestamps below if you want to skip around. Just do us a favor, hit the like button, and you guys have been killing it with the comments. We much appreciate it. That stuff helps to boost us up in the algorithm. All right, let's get to Dave. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by Christmas Cabbage. Go to christmascabbage.com. No, all of our programming is brought to you by True Nutrition, awesome third-party tested, high-quality supplements, and use our new code THINK to get some additional savings. Uh, Christmas Cabbage and Dave, how you doing? What's going on, man? Uh, not so bad. Not so bad. At least it's sunny over here at the moment. We've got nice weather. That's nice, man. It's uh, rare for the UK, from what I understand. We mm-hmm. we did not release an ep- a new episode, I should say, last week, but I did have something in the archive that we put out that nobody had seen before. So I'm grateful we could share that for our Memorial Day episode. Um, today, we have a ton of Q&A. We have like over 20 questions. We may not be able to get to all of them. Uh, and then from here, we're going to clean the slate. So if you guys want to post any questions, we would love to have them for the next episode. We're going to have a good topic next week, and we're going to deal with a bunch of listener questions next week. So so load us back up. Whatever we don't get to here, assume just repost it, post it on the new episode. Plus, of course, your comments help to boost us up in the algorithm at YouTube. And if you haven't subscribed, we'd love to have you along. So, uh, yeah. But I've got a drugs and stuff. I've got a drugs in the news as well, but we can put that on for next week. Oh, okay. Okay, fair enough. I'll I have something about it. I have something here that I thought this was interesting. Last episode, <clears throat> we That's had a phone. it is Richard Foster joined us, a good friend of mine. Uh, he's a real British guy, like he's legit from the UK, and uh, he has a friend who does an impersonation of uh, our Jolly Dave here. And I wanted to share this with you guys because this guy sounds a lot like Dave Crossland. Just give this a listen. So. I mean, with Tariq, one of the things that I'd be pushing him to do with Evale would be to get his bloods analysed. Now, there are a few reasons why you should be getting blood work done. There are other reasons why you would investigate that also. Now, you would be coming to the blood bus of Evale and we would be doing your bloods. It's not for free. <laughs> Dude, he sounds just I like you. I am battered Geordie Joe when I see him. Oh, man, that was funny. I can't do... I was trying to say words like you do, like bloods. I can't I can't do it right. Bloods. Bloods. That's because you're American. You don't speak English. The blood boss. I can't do it. I just sound like I'm special. <laughs> You are special, Scott. You ride the short bus to school. My mom always told me I was special. All right. We'll jump into some questions here, guys. We've got a bunch of stuff. Um, and I'm not sure. Okay. 
we do have one from one of our Patreon guys. So I wanted to make sure we tackle that. It's about cholesterol. Uh, if I forget, Dave will remind me. Now, if I forget, I can blame Dave. No. <laughs> no. We'll start here today. Um, question. Does the Savage D-Ball calf pump I get walking the dog give me any benefit to calf growth? Uh, I feel like I've done a full calf workout every day. That's an interesting one. Um, In a very slight way, yes. Because obviously when a muscle pumps, it fills with blood. When it fills with blood, you transport nutrients into the muscle. So that was the theory. That's the theory behind feeder workouts. So you do a high intense workout, which breakdowns muscle fiber. Then you do a high volume, low intensity workout that fills the muscle with as much blood as possible, therefore filling it with nutrient and improving its recovery. So what that would equate to in real world, fuck knows, probably very little to be honest. But uh, if you want big calves, get fat. Get fat. Oh, yeah. Fat guys do have big calves. Well, have, you, have you ever seen a fat guy that doesn't have big calves? This is true. But I don't know if that's the best the best way. <laughs> uh, that's that's where Rich's calves came from. He got fat. Is that how he grew his calves so big? Have you have you um seen Rich's fat pics? Yeah, no, I haven't. I saw his calves. I no, he, he, he was proper, proper, proper fatty. No kidding, huh? He was he was definitely on my level of fatness, yeah. I like the the advice that John Meadows has given. I asked him about growing calves on the show on one of the programs we did. And I, across the board, I think that we, we do get a lot of that, like, walking stuff. You know, a lot of that pump stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of that feeder kind of stuff. I don't think that that stuff's going to be – so I would say do something that's going to be the opposite of that, meaning like what John yeah, suggests is going really that. heavy. And and he grew his by doing them more frequently. He said he'd train his calves four sets every day that his calves were not sore. I would take it a step further. So I would do heavy but drop sets. Okay, okay. So I would start – Literally a couple of warm-up sets, 12, 15 reps, probably maybe three because they are a dense muscle. They do take a lot more warming up. Then I'd go up in weight in sets of six until I failed. And then I'd go again, fail at four, drop enough weight so I can get another three or four, fail again, drop enough weight so I can get another three and four, and extend a very intense, very heavy set up to, say, 12, 15 reps in total. There's That will make your calves grow without and, doubt. And no matter what you do – do yourself a favor and don't bounce. You see the guys that, no. you know, they just bounce it up and down, up and down. Take that negative, really drop that heel down, get a good stretch, drive it all the way up, squeeze, and then do a nice con- – I think with everything, we could all benefit from doing a slower negative on basically every exercise we do, you know? The other thing with calves, do some with soft knees and do some with locked knees. Yeah? Mm. Okay, I never thought Honestly, about that, but it makes me. sense. Trust me, yeah. you'll be you'll be shocked what happens with a lot of knee standing calf set. Huh? Oh, I don't have a screen capture for this one, but it came up in the group, um, and I thought you'd be a great person to ask about this. So we have a guy who is concerned about high hematocrit. He he's he he would like to give blood. Here's the issue. He is a former IV drug user. 
So I don't know what that's called, but like the crook of his arm veins, they're basically blown out. Uh, I know, Dave, that through eval, you're doing all sorts of stuff from IV treatments for cancer, vitamins, uh, phlebotomy, uh, all that stuff on a real regular basis. So from that perspective, how would you handle a situation like this? And don't tell me you'd go to the neck. Oh, because <laughs> that would gross me out. Uh, no, but it, it is a case of going for another vein. Okay. So we have a, a client who's an ex-kidney um, patient. So he's on a transplant now. He's post-transplant, ex-dialysis, and his vein's blown because of dialysis. So we can't use that vein, and we have to use alternative veins. Hmm. So if a vein's damaged through overuse, then you, you literally just have to find another way in somewhere else. Um, the problem is that for what Mr. Taught to work in that crook, so they will work on one of those three veins that cross over this section. Um, but there's nothing to stop you going further up here and going in here. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the middle of the bicep. Yeah. You know, a vascularity is going to help. If the guy is leaner, it makes it easier to see the veins you can tap into. But it's just a case of finding another vein to go into. And, and it, it might be that that has to be a leg vein or something of that nature. Okay. Um but, yeah, it's not impossible, but you would need someone who's much more experienced as um, a phlebotomist to, to know to go to the extra veins. Okay. Hello, Mr. Jason Corrick. How are you today? Do you know Jason? Jason, very well. He's coming to see me tomorrow. Well, he better be if he hasn't forgotten. Oh, that's a reminder right there, Jason. If you don't show up, <laughs> Dave's going to blast you on the next episode. How about that? He's, he's usually very good at showing up, actually. All right. For the next show, in my country, one milliliter of testoverin costs $10 US. Um, four milliliters of Nabito costs $60. Those are all the legal options, and the minimal, minimum wage here is $140. I'm using test E pharmacy grade um, from a next country, four milliliters for $15. The same lab offers a blend like Sustanon without uh, decanoate, 10, mil 10 milliliters for $25. Should I make the change? And if so, how? Currently injecting three times a week. So he's just talking about changing esters. Right, that's that's his concern. Yeah, there's, 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 I, I wouldn't see any benefit to change into sust from test E on it, especially when he's injecting three times a week. I mean, he can do it if he wants to, but there's, there's no real benefit to it, and all he would end up doing is just literally start shooting the sust. And doesn't need to do anything else. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I don't see the point really. Uh, it's just it seems like there's no point in doing it but uh, I suppose the, the oh actually I see the point in that he's paying $15 for 4 mil while he could get 10 mil for $25 so you're thinking so, so it, it makes sense it's a cost thing it would appear to be okay we actually kind of we this is this is a related um, question something that Maybe we take a little bit further. Well, so what would you say? Would you say that cost-wise, if it's cheaper, go with what's cheaper? As long as he's um, confident that the, the quality of the product is going to remain viable. Uh, oh, hang on a minute. Right. So 
How much shit did you just give me about turning my ringers off and my alerts off on my phone, Scott? I don't know oh, what come that on. was. That was I think that was your something one of your devices. No, it was nothing noise. to do with me. No. You so, were sarcastically saying, let's wait for Dave to turn all his devices off. No, 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 no. And then your phone goes. It was an important text. No, it right? wasn't. It was very important. What was it? It was Alessandro Save. I just did an interview with him. We recorded a podcast together, Dave. Mm-hmm. That's much more important Gee, you know now, yeah. than the what we're doing, this little thing we're doing here. We did a real oh, so you've been cheating on me as well now. We did a real podcast about bodybuilding and we put it on the internet. Oh. It's important important stuff, I guess. This is my point. Did you have did you have a Christmas cabbage in it? <laughs> no, we we did not. We didn't have right. a Christmas cabbage. Hey, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so use what's cheaper. I think that's the point here, right? As long as he's confident on the quality of the drug, yeah. I okay. mean, I know he's saying it's the same lab, but that doesn't necessarily mean it, it's... I mean, that's quite a price drop. He's going from paying three, three, nearly $4 a shot to paying $2.50 a shot. So that's quite a substantial price drop. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say go for it then. Yeah, if it's if he's confident it's the real deal. So on that note, I'll pull this one up next. Igor. I like that name. Um how would you switch esters from test sip to E without having a hormonal imbalance? Can I just switch or not? Do I need to do something like this because of the new introduced ester takes time to be broken down by the body? And then he kind of has like these ratios where you do like 70 sip, 30 NFA the first week, then 50, 50, et cetera. Um, just stop injecting sip and start injecting nth. Yeah, don't overthink it, it's got right? The same bloody, no, it's got the same half-life. So just literally stop one, start the other. There is no need to do anything. Yeah. And, I mean, even if you were switching to a, a propionate ester, yeah, if you switch from test aim to test prop, you could try and time it so the test end drops down a little bit and the prop, but you might as well just stick the prop in and let it run high for a week and a half and, and it will even out after that. Um, people do overcomplicate things when they really aren't necessary. Yeah. Jason said he will be there. He literally had a podcast to remind him to show up. He has no excuse. No, he's a, he's a good guy, Jay. Um, he'll be coming up with his training partner tomorrow. Do me a favor while you're there. Give Dave some crap about whatever, whatever you can find. You know, just give him a hard. What was that? I don't know. What was that sound? I never heard that sound from your house before. Is Mrs. Crossland playing a video game? There's no, Mrs. Crossland is not playing a video game. I thought maybe Mrs. Crossland is working. Like we should probably be, right? But instead, we're doing a podcast. You should be working, but as usual, you're being unprofessional and leaving your phone on in the middle of the podcast. Hi, Scott and Dave. Um, would you both give an answer to this on the next episode? Okay, how to cut water pre-contest 
with aldactone and diazide, also um, with Lasix. Uh, how would you do it? Thuzamide is what he was trying to spell. Okay. How would you do it for men and women? I think this is a guy, he has a, he's a pretty jacked dude, but uh, he also has a extremely jacked wife, like women's physique, a lot of muscle. Um, I'm not a fan of diuretics. At the end of the day, if you are truly lean, you will not need them. So they only come in if you're trying to sort of cheat condition because you've not quite got lean enough. So you're trying to manipulate the water so that you appear leaner than you really are. Um, I'd be careful with aldactone. Um, aldactone will, it's in a very effective diuretic, but it'll also pull glycogen out and it can be very hard to, to get full when you're on aldactone. Um, so you tend to come in a bit flat run aldactone. So I would avoid that. Um, the other two are, are okay, but I would definitely make a less is more approach and and just try and actually suffer those extra few weeks to get properly lean so you don't need to use a diuretic at all. It, it's it's a very simple drug is, is a diuretic in the sense that, you know, it drops water. But its potency for causing damage at the time when you're most vulnerable is very, very high. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, and, and we, we see deaths. Every year we see deaths of people coming in off stage because they've messed up with the diuretics. And and not to say that so, that's not obviously the worst possible thing. There's other terrible things that can happen too. Like you can ruin your peak really quick with yeah, a mistimed yeah. or miscalculated so, diuretic. If you run a diuretic, it makes it very complex. It makes timing very, very crucial. And, and personally, I wouldn't be comfortable advising diuretic use on the podcast. Okay. without having much more information and dealing with the individual on an individual basis. Um, because it, it's, you know, you've got to look at sodium loading, you've got to look at water loading and all the rest of it that goes with it. Yeah. But my advice would be get leaner and don't use one at all. That would be the ideal situation, absolutely. Yeah. I can say... I mean, sometimes you have to rescue it, and I appreciate that. I understand that sometimes you don't quite make it or it's not your peak show. You're, you're doing a, a, a feeder three, four weeks before the peak show to try some things out. Um, so you're not quite as lean as you would be for your main show and things like that. And you still want to look your best. And I appreciate that. But uh, definitely a less is more approach when it comes. And I would avoid aldactone as much as possible. So here's my thoughts. I, I, and I agree with basically everything you're saying, too. Um, so out of the things he's mentioning, I have zero experience with Lasix. I've, I, you know, at this point, I've been um, competing and for, I think, 13 years, um, coaching for a long time, a decade at least. I've never once used Lasix. Um, I've also never used Eldactone. Now, that said, now I know Lasix used to be more popular in the past. That's a loop diuretic. It's going to pull potassium and sodium, and that's, that gets people in trouble really fast. Now, Aldactone, I've also never used, but I do know of a very, uh, a very prominent coach that has a lot of experience with Aldactone, um, and especially with with females. Uh, it's a, it's a completely different thing the way Aldactone works. It's unique in that people start using it like like five days, seven days out from the show. 
Uh, it's not something like with Lasix or with Diazide. It's a last minute tweak. This is something that you know, you're continually you know, building. That said, I can give zero advice on using it. Uh, on Diazide, on the other hand, Diazide and hydrochlorothiazide are the two things that I am familiar with. And I would prefer to use those over anything. Like I'm not a big fan of using a lot of the over-counter stuff. Like I've used Expel in the past, which is by MHP and a couple other of the, the water loss over-the-counter things. But I know how to control diazide really well. And so that's the one thing, either that or hydrochlorothiazide, that I stick with. And hydrochlorothiazide is one half diazide. Anyway, my thought would be, you know, this, that when I first started, everybody's protocol was to take a half a diazide four times on, on, on Friday and then Saturday morning, take a half a diazide. And let me tell you, we got freaking dry, but we also got really flat too. Like, you know, people got really flat doing that. Um, it all comes down to, to the way you're loading and manipulating water. And I think that's one of the reasons Dave doesn't want to get too specific. Uh, nowadays, when I have used diazide, I've taken a much, much more regulated approach. Like for me, it's all about obviously getting in shape first. Then from there, it's about water manipulation. And then from there, if we need diazide, I've had people like take a quarter of a diazide on Friday. And then maybe another quarter a few hours later and watch how, how well we do. And I, I've gotten away with using very, very little, if none at all. Like there's a lot of cases where we've not wanted to cut water. There's cases where if you get somebody shredded enough and they look great, you know, two weeks out from the show that you may have to keep increasing water and that they're, you know, they're still drinking a ton. They're still drinking a gallon the day of the show. And if you can get somebody that lean, and I think that's what Dave's saying, that would be the ideal circumstance. If you do need to use it, my thought would be don't depend on it, but use it just to push things just a little, <clears throat> just a little bit further, just a little bit further. What was that sound, Dave? Do, 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 do. No, no, no. Can we roll no, that no. back? Can we roll? Can we roll that back? I want to hear that. I don't know. What, I don't know whose sound that was. That might have been the boss's phone. I don't know. Mm. Christmas cabbage? Is that who you're referring to? Is that your phone, Chris's? It wasn't mine. All right. Oh, we already did this one. We've got more. We've got plenty more. And if you guys want to ask questions, comment. And Dave and I will belittle your thoughts on the next episode. Have we gone live today, by the way? We're live. We're live. I've not got my little poppy up box. No? I took it away from you. Look at that. There's an afternoon from Lucas. Hello, Lucas. Well, why haven't I got my little poppy up box? Why did you take it off me, Scott? I don't know. I didn't change anything. You stole my poppy up box. All right. Hi, guys. I'd like... Really, you can't see it now? What if you, no. like, scroll over the screen or anything? No. Huh. I can see your little drop-ins, but I can't yeah. usually have a button to press and I get comments and I can't see anything. Hi guys. I'd like to know your thoughts on sleeping aids. I suffer from insomnia and I'm weighing up the pros and cons of lacking sleep versus sleep aids for muscle growth. Um, Ooh, and Lucas has a nice one. message that 
He says, this is the only reason that he's on Facebook. Thanks, Lucas. Although you can watch us at YouTube if you want. Um, dangerous territory here. Because um, most sleep aids of any sort of nature are very easy to become dependent on. Uh, obviously, diazepam is a very common one uh, and an incredibly popular one. Um, and though I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with using them intermittently, the main thing would be really to try and work out why you're not sleeping. What's causing your lack of sleep? Is it an anxiety issue? Is it a stress issue? Um, is it something you can to manage with a less invasive supplementation route, like maybe one of these, like Rich Foster's um, Support Match Neuro PM, which is designed to just relax you and bring you down without being an absolute comatosing drug. Uh, but also stuff like meditation and, and using wind-down techniques to help, you know, settle your mind before you sleep and such like uh, uh, can be incredibly useful. I mean, I find meditation very, very useful. Um, not that I've done much of it just lately, if I'm honest, but never mind. But, uh, I mean, there are some powerful sleeping agents out there. Uh, but I'm always a little bit wary of creating a, a habit effectively. Yeah. Yeah. How about like, um, now I know that I've used, you know, you mentioned products like Richard Foster's product. Yeah, I haven't but, tried that. Yeah. I've, I've used um, uh, Supplement Needs Sleep Stack, and that was the mm -hmm. bomb. And uh, I did a show with Dean about it and we broke down the causes of insomnia. We broke down like some of the fixes and these aren't like, you know, like band-aids, like, you know, taking, taking for instance, uh, Benadryl will help you sleep, but it's not going to help your quality of sleep. You know, taking direct GABA, it's still a patch, but if you can get yeah. into your system and kind of hack your system to improve your GABA and to prove, improve your melatonin, you know, those are the things that are key. So one of the big issues is falling asleep. And especially like if you're on cycle, you're using things like trend and your dopamine levels are really, really high. And it's hard to get that stuff to clear, but you got to get the dopamine to clear in order to produce serotonin, which then converts to melatonin. That's what helps you to fall asleep and stay asleep. So some of the supplements that, that Dean and, and probably too in uh, Richard's product are more geared toward that like like P5P is a freaking great supplement. Helps me with sleep. I think, and it's a it's a B vitamin. The, it's not a drug, you know. I think one of the problems with a lot of this is that most of it is driven by a mental health situation. Mm. Um, and in and it's we are our own worst enemies, really, when it comes to fixing ourselves because. Because of the nature of supplementation and because of the nature of gear use and everything else, we very much become a, what can I take to fix this problem? When actually some of the problems can be resolved with just investing a little bit of time in yourself. And I think it's something that a lot of us forget to do. Um, I mean, I used to be an habitual meditator on an evening and, and quite regularly on a morning. Um, I haven't done that for a while and I, I can feel the difference. I can feel a difference in the quality of my sleep. I can feel a difference in the quality of my day. 
but it's so easy because of the market there is and the, the plethora of supplements there is out there and the knowledge that backs it to go for you know GABA or go for melatonin or something of that nature in order to try and improve our sleep when in fact all in any case really any sort of supplementation is to an extent going to be a patch over what is the real problem um in certain cases like with trend it's chemically driven and so you have no choice but to have a chemically fixed because you're not going to overpower that but very often a lot of our, our issues come from our own mental wealth health well-being and, and it re- we really need to spend a little bit of time investing in ourselves and in our own mental health yeah and i, I don't you want to jump on this mental health bandwagon because everybody fucking does these days and it does my bollocks in. <laughs> but uh, I do it. I mean, it, I know it, what you mean. It, it's oh, just fuck off, you know? Uh, get a grip, sort yourself out. Um, it thing is, it does a disservice for those that genuinely have problems when you've got every Tom, Dick, and Annie moaning about their mental health and they say, well, we, yeah, that's life. We all get paranoid, we all get anxiety. You just fucking deal with it you've got to learn coping mechanisms as part of growing up and being a functioning adult you dickwad um sorry going on a bit of a rant there I'll, I'll pull that back. um but um yeah you know i mean we spend so much time investing in our physical shape we spend so much time investing in the way we look and quite often we forget to actually invest on what's inside yeah i could see that and there's today's deep and meaningful, right? Can we get back to normal abuse and, and shit now? Then? Can we talk about drugs again, <laughs> Dave? Can we get back to some drugs? Yeah, let's just get back to normal shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, how about this one? Any difference in long-term results of three units of growth for six months or six units of growth for three months? Mm-hmm. He says mainly for injury recovery, etc. I think he might have messaged me this on an Instagram story too when I was doing a Q and A. Uh, my thought was, um, and, and I think he added to recovery. And my thought was, you can get just as much recovery out of three as you could for six. So why not do that for longer? Yeah, I, I would generally go the lower for longer. Um, unless he's got a large amount of soft tissue trauma mm. and then the higher for shorter would probably be more beneficial if you're talking about stitching up soft tissue trauma um but otherwise definitely on the recovery thumb i don't think you re- if it's decent quality gh you definitely won't need to go above three yeah i'd agree with that and you know back to lucas he said believe it or not this podcast is the only reason why i'm still using facebook i feel like facebook should pay us for that like we should we should get something as a result of that dave don't talk to me about facebook i heard somebody was banned recently yes somebody was banned recently somebody's in facebook jail how does that feel he was he got out this morning are you gonna behave yourself or is he gonna behave himself freedom (laughs) travis is watching the live feed so i will grab his question even though we have a gazillion questions left. And that is, I counted them, it literally is a gazillion. Um, Have either of you noticed with yourselves or clients a better glycogen storage capacity using exogenous insulin, say, during a carb up for a show versus just letting your own pancreas shuttle the carbs? Do you think injecting insulin um, 
not for taking a burden off the pancreas reasons, but purely for better storage of glycogen supercompensation effects bring a noticeable difference? I think they do. Um, I also think that for some people, a small amount of insulin in a dieting phase actually increases the effectiveness of the diet as well. Yeah. But I think the problem here is it's very easy to fuck up. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so it's very easy to fuck up, it's very easy to spill over, and it's very easy to end up with a water problem. Um, so it's not quite that simple, but definitely a very low is better approach. Uh, and I suspect you'd probably have to give it a dry run. Hmm. But yeah, no, I, I know, I know a few people that go into compound insulin, and, and it does help them fill out and stay tight. Um, but you, you've really got to know how your body reacts to, to get it to work properly. Hmm. Yeah, did um, the times I've using uh, used it during carb days, all I got was hypokalemia, cramps, and no visual difference in fullness or just. Uh, versus just letting my pancreas do the storage. I suppose a lot of it is going to be very dependent on how efficient the individual is, how how well their own response is, um, yeah. and things like that. Um, so it would all depend, really. But uh, I've I've seen it help in a few cases, definitely. Yeah. Christmas cabbage means only fans. All right, what else do we got here? We covered that one. We're we're doing good here, Dave. We're actually getting through some questions here for once. Makes a change. Um what carb sources do you prefer post workout meal? Best wishes Cake. enjoy the show. Cake. That's not a legit carb source, Dave. For Cheesecake then. Donuts? I knew somebody who did donuts. Ice cream? I knew somebody who did two donuts every day trained in his off-season post-workout. Uh, I, To be quite honest, I tend to stick to potatoes. You like the, the volume of them or just the taste? It's or? a little bit the volume and it's a little bit that they are quite high glycemic. So okay. they are quite fast acting in relation to a rice, which is going to be quite slow. Yeah. Uh, with Without being a complete simple sugar, they fill a nice mid-gap. Uh, but I still think cheesecake is... Yep, see, there you go. Cheesecake is the most anabolic substance on the planet. Thank you, Laser. I, I agree completely. So give me cheesecake. Laser's been banned a few times. He's done some things he shouldn't do on Facebook and... Yeah, and they make him take a take a time out. Sometimes I've heard. Does he use naughty words? <laughs> I don't know. I try not to get involved with people like you guys. I try to keep my nose clean. What do you mean, you guys? I'm talking about the criminal so you... element of Facebook. Oh, I see. So you're just a, you're, you're stereotyping that because I've had a Facebook ban, I've been in Facebook jail, that I am a sort a, a certain type of person. Is that what it is? You prejudiced bastard. Yeah, you and Laser both. Your people said um, he had a. He said he had a whole month ban one time. You must have said some pretty intense Ow. shit. Yeah. Oh, who who did you upset? What Karen did you upset? <laughs> and Scott Stevenson that's says that's a report job. I think cheesecake. I think that's like the greater than symbol, isn't it? 
greater yeah, than Yeah, she's great. Trend. He's better than Trent, and Trent is better than I draw. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Thank you, my dear. Did she bring you some cheesecake? No, she brought me. The boss. She's the boss, though, so you're drinking out of her cup. Yeah, but she's only a little. She can't lift it on her own. <laughs> okay. Uh, another question. She just, you just walked past me. To <laughs> it. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code advices, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. And I'm back. Ooh, that sounds so much better. All right. Okay. So okay. what does Donnie want to know? He says another question. Um, the selling of PEDs is illegal in the UK, right? Why is it then that you can find sites on the U in the UK uh, selling openly all from a simple Google search and they seem legit too. They may be legit. I'm not quite sure why that's surprising that you might be able to purchase an illegal substance online. Mm. I mean, there's a whole dark web that sell you anything from fucking women to guns if you wanted them. Um, Can you send me that link? The <laughs> I want the I want the guns and stuff. Yeah. Um, Maybe some the thing kilos. Is, the enforcement wise, they don't particularly have a strong appetite for feds. Um, they will deal with them if they come across them, but they generally don't actively pursue them. Mm. Um, so, and a lot, you know, it, it's it's a costly investigation to investigate a website and track down where it's coming from, who's hosting it, everything else, and, and it's not particularly hard to using VPNs to sort of hide your position to a degree. And I mean, you know, this is local police force that are investigating these drugs. We're not getting involved with serious crime squads or heavy hitters here. So, you know, their access to technology and their, their budget for technology is quite limited. Um, general police, local police in general, be very reactive more than overly proactive, where serious crime enforcement will tend to be a little bit more proactive. Okay. Um, so the vast majority of steroid cases usually come to light because of another situation. Be that a roadside stop where drugs were found or a response for something else where drugs were found. Occasionally a parcel track, but that isn't that common. Uh, UK Border Force really just don't have the time or the appetite either. Though I do hear rumblings that things are changing, but I've been hearing that for the last 18 months, so whether that's actually going to come into anything, I don't know. Hmm. Um, there's supposed to be... So UK Anti-Doping, which are a bunch of knobheads that, that police sports, and they are a bunch of fucking knobheads as well. I've had plenty of stand-up arguments with them pricks. <laughs> um, they have recently taken on some ex-police officers, and they have been tasked, apparently, to look into the steroid problem. So I can see now UKAD have been desperate for power for, for decades. They've, they've always been a very powerless organization. They have no power of prosecution. 
they have no real power of investigation. So they're always relying on partnering with border force or partnering with local police in order to do anything about steroid supply. Um, and there's, there's rumor that they are going to get tasked with some actual policing power, um, which is probably going to be a little bit dangerous initially because they are proper morons when it comes to understanding steroids. So we don't um, want to give them power. Are. You don't want to give them power. Not really. No, it, it's, it's gonna it's gonna end up being a bit of a mess. Uh, okay. But they've been pushing for it for years. They've been pushing for the banning of steroids completely for years. Uh, and every time we have an ACMD meeting, which is the Advisory Council for Misuse of Drugs, which is a basically a independent independent body that puts together advice on drug policy for the government. The overwhelming answer has been, no, we do not want any stricter regulation. We do not want to make possession illegal. But by all means, if you want to increase enforcement of supply, that's, you know, the rules, the law is already there. You just need to do it. Yeah. Uh, two of the big reasons driving behind that is that, generally speaking, steroid use is not linked with crime. Not heavily, yeah. especially not stuff like, you know, you don't see guys mugging old grannies in order to get their bottle of tray. Yeah. Um, and secondly, because there is quite a large and diversified user population, they don't want to suddenly make otherwise law-abiding citizens criminals overnight, and they're worried that if they do, it will push uses deep underground and they will set harm reduction back 20 years. Yeah. Um, fucking hard enough to get someone to, to take a test or, or look at themselves objectively when it comes to steroid use anyway, let alone when it becomes a criminal element, you're going to have even more problems of getting people to talk about it. Um, so that's the general reason why it's never been changed in the point of view of enforcement. Um, but UKD have campaigned every ACMD meeting, they say the same. We want steroids banned. We want all steroids banned. And every every year we all turn around and go, fuck off your knobs, you don't know what you're talking about. Hmm. Um, but it, it, is, it is scary if the idiots get some power. Um, whether that will force a legislation change, I doubt it but it could potentially up the ante on investigation into supply routes we had a related question here uh okay. what's the uk's military policy on steroid usage i'd be curious to know that too right well the the, the military operates a no usage policy uh they do test um they have reduced testing in recent years, but they have tested. Um, I remember seven RHA, I think it was, which is one of the helicopter regiments that support the paras. I think they had something ridiculous, like twenty or thirty of their soldiers test positive for steroids. Really? And I'll get binned. Yeah, I'll get binned at the same time. Hmm. Um, I'll tell you what, man. If I was like but, in special forces or something. I would definitely want to be on some gear. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to be like, hey, you got to go to this foreign country and hit the ground running and we're going to give you a machine gun. I'd be like, OK, I'm hopping on a cycle right now. You know what I mean? And I'm taking it the, with me. The thing is, they manage it through employment law. Ah. So it's when you do if you do take steroids within the military, um, it's dealt with as a breach of employment law. Uh, whereas if you take cocaine or weed, that can be that can be dealt with as a criminal offence. 
I see. Whereas because yeah. steroids are criminal, it has to be dealt with under employment law. So it's part of the terms and conditions of your employment. Uh, and as a result, it used to be zero tolerance. If you tested positive, you were gone. Literally 48 hours, you were done out of the camp on your way. And then morale started to suffer quite badly within the British military. So lads were literally walking in and saying, I'm using steroids, hmm. admitting when they weren't because they knew they'd be booted off camp and out of the army within 48 hours. So they'd line a job up on the out and then just walk in and admit drug use and get binned. And because some of the, they didn't want to get tired with the criminal activity, they, they would quite often pick steroids as the drug of choice because it was a non-criminal activity. Therefore, there was no criminal element to what they were doing. Uh, the military did get wise to this. And so what they started saying was, if you admit any drug offence and you then subsequently do not fail a drug test, you will be charged of a military charge and you will go to the glass house, which is military prison. Mm. Okay. Yeah, Laser says, I'm not familiar with the UK, but the US uh, standard test, they didn't do a standard test unless someone is reported. I think like we're kind of talking about like with a lot of the police stations here, you know? Yeah, the 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 steroid test, so they have the standard and the enhanced, only the enhanced looks for steroids. Yeah. It is given under suspicion, but they're, they're very careful, uh, believe it or not, they're very careful about testing under suspicion so it can't be deemed as bullying, which is the biggest crock of shit I've ever fucking heard, but that is one of the reasons. So what they will then do... If they suspect somebody, they will probably do a random selection to go alongside them. So they won't just pull one person and test him. They'll pull 20 and test all 20. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But they do randomly test as well. It's not as frequent as it used to be, um, particularly off the back of Afghanistan. When lads were coming back from Afghanistan, they were getting a lot of positives. Um, and that was mainly from going in the PXs and buying pro-hormones from the Americans. Oh, okay. Because back then, pro-hormones were still legal in the States. So, um, obviously, since subsequently, they've been banned. But but then they were still legal. And it it makes me laugh that if you walk around a a multinational military base overseas, the country that does not allow steroid use wholeheartedly and it's illegal is America. And yet, all the jack dudes generally are American. Yeah, what's up with that? (laughs) What is up with that? Um, let's see here. Okay. So the other week we got a question about, um, Masteron and could you run a low dose of it as part of your TRT long-term this week? We basically got the same one, but with Primo bowling, could you run 125 test in a hundred Primo as TRT for life? Yo. You can do anything you want. Yeah. You've just got to manage what, problems it causes which would be what dht related yeah you're probably gonna see um potentially greater prostate issue risk um you're probably gonna be looking at the yeah i don't think you'd have too much increase in blood thickening elevation but you'd probably have a a decent decrease in hdl with primo in there as well yeah yeah so, so that would need keeping an eye on too. Um, so I think it's, you know, I've always said there's no bad drugs. There, yeah. There's just 
drugs that do certain things, and if you're not aware of those things, they can very much bite you on the ass. Yeah. Um, and it's all about you saying, making a decision based on the risks and rewards and how they relate to you as an individual, and, and that's different for everybody. You know, some people take trend because they love the, the physique changes. Other people won't go near it because they're so scared about its mental effects. Right. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to try to get through two more here with you, Dave. Um, now this guy, I'm not sure. Okay. So he's from our Patreon, Carl. He says, huge fan. And I'm excited to be able to support the network. Could you and Dave do an in-depth talk on managing HDL. My HDL when I am off is a little low, 25 to 29. Um, I have always been concerned about this as it goes down to 12 to 15 when I am on. I get blood, works at the end, blood work at the end of each cycle. Is there any reason to be nervous if my blood always bounces back and I only go to 12 to 16 weeks uh, when I, and then go off, totally, totally off? Uh, any tips to manage it better other than citrus bergamot? Thanks again. I have learned more from your network than any other source of bodybuilding info. Carl, thank you. And thanks for the uh, the kind words. And thank you for supporting us too at the Patreon. I much appreciate it. Have you noticed he's a big creep when it's someone of the patriarch and, and he, he's really, really nice to him. When it's a regular listener, he's, he's awful with him. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> You're not paying me so you can get fucked. Um, <laughs> so, even though you're saying that your HDL returns, you are still spending a period of 12 to 16 weeks with low HDL. That is more than enough time for plaque to oxidize and create, sorry, for uh, cholesterol to oxidize and create plaque on the arterial wall. So, yes, it's not as bad as it permanently being low, but it is still going to develop over time. So you really want to put as much effort as you can into maintaining healthy levels of HDL. Now, obviously, you've already mentioned citrus bergamot, fish oils, krill oil, both very good. Um, niacin, I'm not a big fan, um, and that's only because I find probably half the people that try it don't tolerate it very well. But I've since been informed by Broderick that uh, slow niacin or slow release niacin is much better tolerated and does an upstanding job at keeping HDL elevated. And you can also look at one gram of vitamin C and five grams of lysine twice a day. I'm going to try that. That will, bring your, that will bring your HDL up as well. I'm going to try that one. Um, so the fact that it's returning to normal is a good thing. But even then, it's still a little bit on the low side, so it still needs improving. Obviously, looking at including decent amounts of oily fish in your diet is going to help, and managing low LDL is going to help because at the end of the day, if you can't maintain high, high HDL, the least thing you can do is manage low LDL so you don't have the excess cholesterol sat in your bloodstream, then converting and oxidizing on the arterial wall. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to try the lysine and vitamin C deal and see how that works for me. Okay. I'll let you know. I'm getting labs done this Thursday. In fact, I, I think I've figured some stuff out, Dave, um, post-COVID. Careful. Yeah? With what? No, just be careful. You, figuring stuff out. It's dangerous. <laughs> I know, right? I think I figured out that my uh, insulin sensitivity is down, like way down. Um, post COVID. And so I started doing some research and I found that this is typical 
that you can build some serious insulin resistance, even if you didn't have it previously. Uh, and it's related to inflammation from what I understand. But the more I'm seeing, the more this is common. Because get this, here's the things I've noticed. I have gotten, I, you know, I'm back to training. I'm training about three to four times a week. I never get a pump. I got a pump one time and it's because I took five units of insulin that day. Outside of that, I get zero pumps. The other thing I'm noticing is even eating a clean diet and doing 30 minutes of cardio every day, I'm gaining fat and losing muscle. Like all I'm gaining is body fat. So something's you know why, off. You? Why is that? Lack of cheesecake. More cheesecake, more gains. Scott said it. Most anabolic substance on the planet, cheesecake. He actually Particularly is, New York cheesecake. He's giving it to you. He said we could call it Crossland's hierarchy of anabolic stuff. <laughs> TM. Scott, I love you. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> All right, we got. We'll, we'll try to get this one more in here, um, and then we will have to call it a day. Where is this one? It was a long question that what he had. Are you gonna call it? We're going to call it Tuesday. The people who watch this are going to call, call it, it Monday. Right. No, can't we call it like Fat Bat Day? Fat Bat Day? Yeah. Okay. I like that. Fat bat. I think it's a better day. day. <clears throat> I don't think the days of the week are a bit shit and outdated and we need to modernize them. Yeah, fat bat day. Friday could be bitching day because it's end this weekend, so bitching in a good way, you know? Yeah. Do people still say bitching? I don't know. Do they? I don't know. My, my only exposure, apart from yourself, and you're probably a particularly poor example of an American, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is um, diners, drive-ins, and dives. Oh, <laughs> That's okay. About as far as I get. <laughs> guy Ferrari. All right. So I just mentioned my situation post-COVID. This guy has some interesting thoughts. He says, currently at the tail end of a cycle. I like to ramp down doses before coming off completely. He's taken 125 test, 250 EQ, 200 DHB, and maybe 50 Anadrol one to two times a week. I'm feeling a bit under the weather. I'm supposed to get a COVID shot mid-June. Should I be concerned regarding any adverse effects from the anabolics in my system? Uh, last anabolic shot to be taken on May 30th. All the compounds are enanthate, sipinate, so pretty much long ester, but uh, the doses are uh, low enough. He says, I'm kind of scared considering the reports of some people feeling sick or getting blood clots. Wouldn't want to die from a COVID shot. Should I be worried about any relation between COVID shots and anabolics? Right. As far as I understand, there is no interaction particularly between the actual shot and the anabolics. However, you are having a vaccine. A vaccine by nature triggers an immune response. In most cases, not all, the illness that people report, the feeling like shit that people report, is actually the side effects, the byproducts of their immune system starting up. 
And it's actually none of it is directly caused by the vaccine. It's not the vaccine that's making them feel ill. It's their immune system that's making them feel ill because their immune system has been triggered by the vaccine, which at the end of the day is what you want because you want your immune system to recognize and then go into attack mode and destroy. In this case, with the protein, with, with the, with the vaccine, it's the, the protein that enables the virus to get into the cell. Obviously, anabolics can cause a low-level immune response. Yeah. So they would then, I suppose, be potential for you to have a slightly worse immune response if you were on cycle when you had your jab. But uh, it wouldn't or shouldn't be anything particularly dramatic. Now, the blood clots, let's put this into context. In the UK alone, we are at something like 40 million vaccines. Okay. And the number of blood clots in this country is less than 50. Okay, yeah. So when you put it in context, then you look at the numbers, the likelihood of you having a problem from blood clots are very, very, very rare. Obviously, nothing's impossible. Um but it is highly unlikely. I believe they have isolated what causes the blood clots now as well. Really? So they will, yeah, I believe so. I caught some of the other day, but I didn't get a chance to read it. Um, but they are, and they are looking to revise and tweak the vaccine to remove that problem. But even then, I mean, I know people are very COVID sensitive um, both ways. You know, those that believe it's a crock of shit, uh, those that believe the vaccine program is some force control system and those that are absolutely terrified by the condition and think it's going to kill everybody on the planet. Um, and, and, you know, I respect everybody's thoughts and wishes within what they believe. There's no issues there. But uh, completely lost where I was going with that there. Fuck. Well, you said a lot. Yeah, I know, but I was there at a, a nice little ending point, and it's completely gone out of my fucking head. Huh. Jesus, Alzheimer's is a bitch. Uh, <laughs> it's probably from the heavy metals in the gear that you, you know, took earlier uh, that has uh, caused this uh, slow decay of your mental state. No, I'm just fucked in the head. I think it's from getting dropped on my head as a kid. Yeah? How often did, did yeah. that happen? A lot? Quite a lot, actually, yeah. Yeah? But do you remember? When I was born. When I was born, this is God's honest truth, so my mother gave birth to me standing up. Okay. I literally fell out. I hit the floor with the back of my head. The umbilical cord snapped, <laughs> and I slid across the floor and ended up underneath a gas cooker. What's a gas cooker? A stove. You ended up under a stove. Yeah, well, you got to if you think back to the seventies in England, our stoves were on quite high legs. Okay, so this was not was in quite, a. Was, this was not in an emergency was quite room. A gap the, no, no, this was in the kitchen of the house. You just popped out while she was standing there. Mm -hmm. You're kidding me. No, no. So I. I I uh, had to be taken to hospital rather sharply for obvious reasons. Um, and my, my uncle was at the house and he had a yellow Robin Reliant three-wheeler and he rushed me to hospital in the back of the three-wheeler. On a three-wheeler? 
You mean like a motorcycle? Okay, three wheeler. That is that like an on road motorcycle, not like a three wheeler no, like no, ATV. Car. Oh no, it's a three wheeler car. Oh wow! Look huh. up Robin Reliant. That is the vehicle I was in. Let's see. We'll do that really quick here. I'll grab a picture of it because I want to see what this looks like. You'll piss yourself when you see it. This is the first car Dave ever rode in. Oh my god. Here's a green one. Do you remember what color it was? Yellow, I believe. Okay. Well, I got a green one for us. Whoops. The same as um, Trotter's Independent Training. You won't know what that means anyway, but it's a TV show um, over here. Interestingly, Only fools and horses. the Robin Reliant also would tip over, it looks like. Yes, it does regularly. Yeah. All right. Here's a picture of it now. Let's see here. Oh, where'd you go, guy? There it is. Here's a green one. Look at that. That was Dave's first ride in an automobile. It was after he had his first closed head injury at three. The three? At three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. At three seconds. Here's uh here's the actual vehicle that Dave was in. I found uh I found a picture. This was the car that Dave was in. Uh right when he was born. There's a yellow one. I think that was the actual car, Dave. <laughs> it was uh, I was born in Blackdown in Surrey in England. Look at this. There's uh where'd this go? Here's here's one. Look at that. This is what can happen if you take that corner too sharp. Damn, I never yeah. even saw these before, man. They've got they've got quite a cult following. <laughs> Dave was Mr. Bean's a, nemesis on the road. They they brought out a four wheel a four wheeled version called the Reliant Kitten. Yeah. Uh yeah, so it's, imagine the same size vehicle but with four wheels. Why and the I once hell? I met one with a V eight in it. <laughs> wow. Why the hell would they build a car with three wheels? Like what was the point of that? To save money or what? It, it was cheap. it was cheap, but also if you blocked off reverse in the gearbox, you could actually drive that on a motorbike license. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, huh? That's crazy, man. I've never seen one of these before. Oh. It doesn't look right. This, no, I mean they're stupid small engines. I think they were like five hundred cc or something ridiculous like that. You know, they weren't powerful cars. Okay, yeah. There's another one. That that one looks sharp. I want to see you in one of these today, Dave. No, thanks. Do you ever see these on the road? Rarely. rarely. Occasionally, but rarely. Yeah. yeah, there are not many left now. Yeah, I can see why. Well, <laughs> Yeah, those people blew them up and got rid of them. Yeah. Hey, listen, we appreciate everybody who has posted questions. Uh, from here, like I said, we are going to clean the slate. Uh, I'm not gonna, we had a few more, but we just weren't able to get to all of them. If you guys uh, want to, please post us questions for the next episode. We'd be happy to take them. Uh, I would be happy to talk with you guys. Dave, on the other hand, it's kind of iffy. We don't know. It depends on how he's feeling that day. What did you say the day should be called? I've forgotten now. I do too. It was, there was like a pfft. It was like. Yeah, there was a pfft on the end. Rewind the episode and you'll find it. When I just think up. we should come up with new days. You know? Yeah, I'm bored of my Monday's a shit name for a day. I mean, it's a shit day anyway, but let's let's make it a better name. 
<laughs> James said we could like we should get one of those cars and use it for advertising for Eval. <laughs> some big. You know why can't we call call Sunday something like Chill Out Fucking Fantastic Day? Sunday. Yeah. Could we use at least like abbreviations for it, like C O F F D? C O F F D. What are you doing, C F C O F F D, Dave? What are you doing, coughed? Coughed. It's <laughs> better than Sunday. Needs work. I appreciate it needs work, but I think the bones <laughs> of the idea is there. <laughs> if you guys have any good ideas as we change the days of the week, uh, let us know. We'll put together an official proposal. Scott Stevenson will write it up for us. And uh, then from there, we will uh, have that submitted to uh, who do we submit that to would be the next question. God. We'll submit that to God on the following episode. That's what we're going to do. All right, guys, for another episode here at Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. A little taste of this for the road. So, I mean, oh, I with Jerry, I, I just hate one you. of the things that I'd be pushing him to do with Evale <laughs> would be to get his bloods analyzed. Now, there are a few reasons why you should be getting blood work done. Blood work. I just want to hear him say the there blood bus. There are other reasons why the blood you would investigate that also. The blood. Now, you would be coming to the, to the blood, blood bus, bus of Evale. It and is not we would for be free. Doing your bloods. It's not for free. 